good luck with the most beautiful game. Do us proud. Red alert! They're up and running again. So smooth, so sweet, splendid, succinct, just glorious execution. Guys, all I'm looking for is 60% effort or 1,000% of the time. How sharp was that? Sharp of mind and body. And that's why you see those beautiful tears. Look at his movements. The most dangerous man on the planet. Nobody picks him up. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Wonderful, the soccer betting podcast from the Action Network. My name is Michael Leboff, and joining me in just a second will be my co-hosts and friends, BJ Cunningham and Anthony DeBundo, as we break down the upcoming 10-match slate in the Premier League, take a quick jaunt around Europe, give out our three-leg underdog parlay, 269-1 to this week, coming off of a heartbreaking loss last week in which the first two legs got in the barn the third leg goes up one nil draw close but no cigar um but this one will hit obviously as all 269 to one bets do um and then we'll give out our best bets uh, but before we get into this party a reminder that wonder goal is proudly presented by bet365 and bet365 doesn't do ordinary it believes that every sport should be epic every tournament every game every point every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today with promo code ACTION and you'll get $365 in bonus bets when you bet just $1. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary. At Bet365, you must be 21 or older, and you must be present in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, New Jersey, Ohio, or Virginia. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, please call 1-800-GAMBLER in Colorado, Kentucky, New Jersey, Ohio, and Virginia, or 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Terms and conditions apply. On to the Premier League. Fun one in the Northwest at Anfield. Liverpool's minus 334. I think they'd be playing Nottingham Forest or someone. But no, they're taking on Manchester United. Traveling as a 9-1 to underdog. Coming off of a uh, last place finish in the group of... De- the real group of death. The group of hell in the, uh, in the Champions League. Group A finishing behind Bayern Munich, Copenhagen, and uh, Galatasaray. Uh, the draw here is plus 475. Go ahead, make the case. We know you who you're going to bet. It. We all you know who you're going to bet. It. How can you not bet this team at 9-1? to one? Because they have I nobody mean, available. Not, what's left of the have, team? Yeah, it, well, but They it, have it, nobody. They're going to play the U21s. Like, they have nobody available, Michael. <laughs> they it, don't have any defenders healthy. The man, the the Premier League uh, the guy, who won the Premier League Player of the Month, Harry Maguire, he's injured. Luke Shaw out. Yep. Casemiro out. Bruno Fernandes suspended. I, I don't know, man. Like mm. Wisfield, honestly, and I, I know why you're doing this because I think the entire world would honestly be incredibly shocked if this is anything but a Liverpool just absolute slaughter. And I know you thrive in these moments, Michael, and especially against your your hated rivals. I know you love this spot. But there's nobody available for them. I don't. I Rafael mean, Varane back in the back. Yeah, in they the have Varane and Johnny even. Evans. Yeah, Varane and Johnny it. Evans. I think will start. Yeah, that's fine. It's fine. But the, but the problem is, how do they pass? Who passes the ball to who? 
because like <laughs> yeah, the I main know Fernandes, like so Fernandez is, is suspended. Everybody's balls. hurt. So so th- they might get Mason Mount back, right? But he doesn't Maybe. really pass. Uh, McTominay doesn't pass. Luke Shaw is a really good ball progressing left back. He's not playing probably. I would assume based on the injury on Wednesday, uh, on Tuesday. Uh, yeah, I mean it's really embarrassing. There, there's a chart out there, and and this is really interesting because United has switched how they're playing a little bit uh, because of this McTominay revolution, where they're pushing McTominay further forward and kind of dropping Bruno further back. And I get it, like you know McTominay scored a bunch of goals for this team, and he's provided some box touches and scores. And uh, if you go by xG per ninety uh, this season, Rashford's at point three eight, he leads the club. McTominay point three four, Hoyland point two nine in the Prem this year. But McTominay offers zero from a passing range perspective, and so does Mount if he plays. Amrabat is okay. They might play Kabi Mainu, who's who's been okay, but like really young. You're going to ask him to go to Liverpool and be like a one-man midfield. Uh, it's really scary. And uh, I think we're underrating Bruno. Like the line moved heavily. If you follow him in the app, uh, I grabbed Liverpool early here at once Bruno was suspended. And this, I figured this line was just going to keep running. Uh, I have no intention of coming back on United now. Bruno is at 0.36 XA per 90. That's double like the next regular starter for United, which is Anthony and Garnacho, right around like 0.18, 0.2. So it's like the whole team. The guy, like yep. we think like United could hit them on the break, but somebody has to play the pass for that to happen. <laughs> and they don't have anybody that can do that. It's literally just going to be uh, long balls, prayers, Hollywood yep. balls up to Rashford That's and Hoyland. Hoyland trying to hold up play. Like at Anfield, it feels like a real disaster. And and I mean, we've talked about this before. They they don't win these matches. They haven't won on the road against any team in the top half of the table under Ten Hag. Um, I mean, I think the number is too inflated to play Liverpool now. But I think the number is reflective of where it should be given the given the situation without any of their players or any good. It's there. It's a mess. But total mess. It's it. It's still too high. And you. Just, I mean, you just said it, right? Like it's just moved too much. This might even move more. Like United could be eleven to one or something like that by the time we reach the match. Quite frankly, like this I mean, is just compare. If you compare some of the closes. Uh, you know, that we've seen for United recently. Like, this number doesn't make a ton of sense. But again, like, Bruno is their best player. Yeah, he's... Uh, and there's no replacement. There's not one player at the club that could walk in there today, yeah. play this match, and I would say, yes, that guy could do something to what Bruno does for this team. But they, they don't... But they don't have... They can, like, play a... They're not going to be idiotic. They're, they can play a match or a style that's going to be more conducive of the 11 that they can play, right? Yeah. So they can. With, I, I think with, the yeah with Amrabat the, and and McTominay, you can sit back and and just just absorb as much as you can. And I know yeah. the defensive numbers aren't good, but this is still a, a there's still going to be enough talent on the, the on the field for United to justify uh, a bet here. I think. I think the only way to really make this make sense for United is if they do try to just shut it down yeah. and like park the bus. And, and I think that would lead to the under. Um, if you can stomach it. I, I do think the total is a touch inflated just because I really don't have this United attack priced at pretty much anything. I mean, Hoyland, we talked about him. He's getting, if you combine Champions League and Prem, his numbers don't look as bad. 0.41 XG per 90 at United so far. It's not too bad, but just Prem alone, it's 0.29. It's pretty bad. For a striker at a supposed top six club, I, I just 
look, they could prove me wrong and, and I'll laugh and I'll be out a bunch of money because I, I hit pretty minus 210 pretty hard. But like the the idea that this team is going to score outside of like a terrible fluke is surprising to me. And I think they're going to set up extremely passively because it's the only choice they have. So, yep, that's what I'm hoping. That's what I'll be hoping for. Uh, all right, so three that's, and a half uh, is uh, one minus one of five best number under. So you know maybe it's like a two nil Liverpool. I could see that. Maybe two one. On to Friday now. So that uh, United Liverpool game is Sunday at eleven thirty. Uh, we do have some Friday night lights with uh, Nottingham Forest and Tottenham's Hotspur. Forest plus three seventy five. Spurs minus 150 on the road, and the draw here is plus 320. It does feel like this is going to be a team playing for its coach's job uh, with Forrest, who have uh, not won in in quite a while. They did uh, earn a draw against Wolves um, last weekend, but it does seem like just the, the, the attitude around the team, like Cooper doing, the rumors, yeah, it does seem like it's coming, and the, the owner is—I want to call him the most sane individual. Um, but I do think the first this tent? is probably a, this is like a of if you were to pick your opponent as a as a manager that you'd want to have a kind of a resounding job saving win. You know, you'd want a decent opponent, like not like a, a, an also ran walking into your building, but a, a but a team where you can say, look, this is. This is proof that this is my, you know, um, it's working. We just beat Tottenham, and you know, Tottenham's fl- obviously flawed. So it's, you're not going up against City or Arsenal or something, uh, where your chances of winning would be a lot slimmer. Um, so I actually think Forests are fine here for a bet. Um, at home, Spurs can get beat. Uh, still too leaky defensively. They play a pretty high risk style, so. I don't know. They look vulnerable here. Uh, coming off of uh, what we saw last weekend, Anthony, this is uh, this is your this is your spot. This is you called that United at Anfield or BJ. You did that. That's like right in my wheelhouse. This one going up, going against Spurs in this kind of situation, uh, where uh, they're laying a decent number on the road after a, a win that looked really good on paper against a very depleted Newcastle team. This is yeah. uh, this is probably the time to to fade Tottenham. It might be. I'm I'm concerned about the rumors coming out of Forest. Do they want to play for Steve Cooper's job? Is that is that clear to me? Because it doesn't seem clear to me based on like just looking through kind of the performance. And I watched a good bit of the Wolves game, and like they got the draw, but that was more about Wolves' attack just kind of being flat. Uh, I didn't feel like Forest are really all in there. Now, granted, you know it's home Forest, and their home away splits have been pretty dramatic. Taiwo being out, I think, really does hurt this team, and. Uh, they're not getting the same production from their backups behind him. From a numbers perspective, I do show value on Forrest. I, I have generally been higher than them, I think, than the market. Uh, but I don't love to hear the, this stuff about the manager, like the the stuff behind the scenes that like they are playing to get Cooper fired so they can get somebody else in there. The players have had it with him uh, and that it's gotten stale. And like that is scary. So I do think that makes this high variance because if you – like Forrest and think they're going to give it a go at home, probably you should just take them on the money line. I don't love the, like, let me grab a half goal here uh, because if it does get ugly, it could snowball against this Forrest team. Um, another thing, you know, Tottenham did do some tweaking and I thought it was really interesting. 
they played a good match against West Ham. They had two of like the most fluky, you know, we haven't talked since then because we did a Wednesday show and they played Thursday and then they played Sunday. They had two of like the most fluky, hilarious deflection goals that gave up high XG chances, but like weren't real chances conceded uh, in that West Ham match that they blew it. I thought they played pretty well in large stretches of that match. And I thought they played really well on Sunday against Newcastle. Granted, it's road Newcastle with a backup defense and Kieran Trippier getting rinsed, but they moved Kulisevsky inside and then played Richarlison on the uh, up, up front and then put Sonny on the left and Johnson on the right. And Kulisevsky kind of took over the Madison role. And I think it's interesting because Kulisevsky is a winger, but he doesn't really have any pace, right? He's not going to beat you for pace, get to the byline. So Tottenham, we're having a lot of these problems where it's like we get the ball to the final third, and then we have nobody who can beat a man off the off the dribble. We don't have an elite striker to create space for himself in the penalty area because Richarlison's just kind of a guy. And it's just like, all right, let's just force it to Sun and see what happens. And that wasn't really working. So you can be passive and like slow down this Tottenham team. Madison was the key to unlocking that. With him out, it was like, now what? Kulisevsky is kind of that guy. He's got the second most pass into the penalty area in the Prem. Uh, by the way, Bruno's first, 14 ahead of everybody else. Uh, so I think this is Forrest or nothing. I think they can sit deep tactically, make this really hard for Spurs, uh, hit them on the break. You're going to have opportunities against this team, but I'm just concerned about the Cooper thing. So I'm going to save this this bet for later because of the high variance nature of it. PJ, anything here? Yeah. Yeah, I, I do like Forrest here. Um, it is, like Anthony said, it is a little concerning. Rumors coming out. I have no idea how true they are and if they want to keep Steve in there or not. But what we've seen from Tottenham against passive low blocks this season hasn't really been all that great. So obviously recently against West Ham, they only scored once, created 1.8 expected goals off of 23 shots. They went to Palace. Scored twice, but only created 1.1 expected goals. That was with James Madison. And then against Fulham, again, only created 1.5. And quite frankly, those two huge chances that they got, the two goals that they scored, came off of high turnovers. And Nottingham Forest is really not going to give you an opportunity to get a high turnover because they're just going to punt the ball along. And I find it very interesting with Nottingham Forest because they, you know, after the loss to Liverpool, they have run bad defensively, you know, obviously over this uh over the last six matches, 13 goals allowed off of 8.9 expected. But they benched Matt Turner, who is, you know, by trade a shot stopper, for Vlachodimos, who came over from Benefica. He's currently dead last in the Premier League in post-shot XG plus minus at minus 4.1. Yep. So, uh, and I think really what it comes down to, which he was very good at Benefica. If you look through his numbers at Benefica, he was plus every single season. And I think what it comes down to is he's not a goalkeeper that's used to playing in a low block system, you know, Benfica is obviously a very possession based team. A lot of the chances that you know opponents will get against them would either be in transition, set pieces, etc. And I'm wondering if Forrest should go back to Matt Turner. Yes, I know we made a couple of mistakes, but he's a much better keeper for their system. So, um, but again, their defense is run cold basically because of goalkeeping. So, uh, if the goalkeeper can you know improve, then yeah, their defense is going to be good, good again. And so. Uh, yeah, I mean, I have Tottenham at plus 116. Like, if you, even if you take away the Chelsea match, they're like a plus four expected goal differential team on the season. Like, that's still not a lead to be warranting this number. I mean, we just saw Brighton go to Forest. They were they opened a plus 125 and closed around plus 115. And now Tottenham's sitting up around minus 145. Like, it's kind of crazy. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I like Forest plus one uh, at minus 140. Yeah, we're going to talk about a couple other matches that kind of fit this earlier. But, like, when you get these crazy wonky results, 
in this high variance period right now in December where like everybody's either injured or like going to have a game where they look terrible. Like everybody's going to have one. How the market responds to that is fascinating because this market was minus 110 and now it's minus 140. It, it did move up a lot uh, between Sunday's kick, you know, before and after. Um, so you saw a huge market reaction to a home win against Newcastle. What is a home win against Newcastle worth given that Newcastle team right, right now? I don't know. Also, I don't think it's, it's worth as much as the market. It's, it's, it's a completely different opponent too. A completely different matchup worse, tactically, it's, home it's a, and away. Yes. Yeah. But again, like just like what the market thinks of Tottenham, huge bump. And I get it. Like they did get healthier. Uh, Richarlison coming back does help because of the other players that would play in his place if he was out. But like, I don't know. Are we overreacting? It feels like the market did. Okay. Uh, we'll tackle another North London team. This one on Sunday morning. Um, Arsenal and Brighton. Arsenal laying minus 225 at home. Seagulls at 5-1 to one here. And a uh, draw would pay 4-1, to one, courtesy of our friends at Bet365. Tough one for you to break down here, BJ. Yeah. Uh, as a team that we've all loved to bet in, uh, in our history together. Brighton playing your team, Arsenal. But I think that you're on the right path here. Uh, yeah. Um, I have faded Arsenal twice on the show so far this season. I am 2-0. I'm going to do it a third time. So maybe I'll just win every single bet against Arsenal and completely cost them their title. What um, was the first one? Newcastle. Oh, right. Yeah. So it was Villa and Newcastle? Um, Villa and Newcastle were the two. Although I thought Arsenal was actually pretty good against Aston Villa. Um, if we go back to last season, when Arsenal was in free fall, Brighton put the final nail in the coffin when they beat them 3-0 at the Emirates. And it was a really bad performance because they completely beat them up in build-up play. Uh, you know, Arsenal had a build-up completion percentage of about 79% in that match. That was one of their lowest of the entire season. So, as we've seen this season, Arsenal can be vulnerable against good, high-pressing teams. The most notable match in that is Chelsea when they traveled there. They turned the ball over high nine times. It cost them a couple goals because of it. Um, and that could happen here at the Emirates. But I think the more interesting dilemma of this match is what does Arsenal do out of possession? Because Brighton is obviously a team that baits you into pressing. And Arsenal is one of the best pressing teams in the world. Do they give Brighton what they want and completely pre and try to press them? Or do they do what a lot of teams have done to Brighton, which is essentially sit in a very compact, passive, central block and narrow and cut Brighton from playing the, off from playing the ball centrally? Uh, it's a fascinating dilemma of what Arsenal decides to do. I went back and watched uh, you know, a little bit of the, the Brighton match from last season. And essentially what Brighton did quite a bit is they were a little worried, I think, of turning the ball over high against Arsenal. So once they got the ball to the center backs or even the left back, they just started sending balls over the top to Mitoma. And he's got more pace than Ben White, so it was kind of working uh, from time to time. And I think that they can have success doing that here because obviously Arsenal's defense has been really good. It's very, very hard to beat them in transition. But balls over the top, there have been a couple instances where teams have been able to get Arsenal for that. So... Uh, Another stat that I was looking at when I, I was I was interested in is uh, Brighton are obviously one of these teams that is really not afraid of any big six club, especially going on the road. In seven matches under Deserby, going away to big six clubs, Brighton has a plus two point three expected goal differential. Like that is incredibly impressive. So I think there's a lot of things tactically that Brighton can do. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if they actually try to build up through Arsenal or or what Arsenal does out of possession, but. In the end, I mean, Arsenal's way overvalued here. Uh, 
I only have Arsenal at minus 138. Brighton continues to be underpriced by the market, uh, I believe. And there's going to be continue to be times to bet on them. Uh, and this is going to be one of them. So Brighton plus one, uh, plus one away for me. Uh, numbers just too high on Arsenal. And Anthony, I know it's going to go through all the offensive problems for Arsenal. But Brighton's defense has been really good as well. Like They've really improved. So, um, yeah, Brighton plus one and plus one away. Yeah, I've already talked about Arsenal as an attack. I think they are better with Jesus. Like, it's very obvious if you watch them and, and how much he links the play and that their attack can be closer to that level that we they need to be at to win the title if they want to do that, which I think they do. But I'm interested in, like, comparing, first of all, like, Brighton have been downgraded clearly by the market. Uh, this match, you mentioned the main match, uh, the close, Arsenal was minus 130 on the money line. Now they're minus two. 25 you said michael uh if this yeah. gets up to like plus a goal and a quarter i will hop in on brighton brighton's only played one match this year in which they lost the expected goals non-penalty by more than 0.75 and it was west ham in a classic like match week three transition like everything brighton was doing the first couple match weeks got exposed and they have adjusted since and kind of become more pragmatic in a way yeah. but I think they're certainly live here. I think Arsenal remains like a really tricky team to price, but one that I think generally is more likely at the top of their market. And that's evident in just like the comparing of the price from the close this year to what it was in May. Brighton's obviously worse, but how much worse? You know, that's the question. So uh, I do like the goals here. Keep the trend going with us betting every underdog thus far, except for United, even though you bet them. Leave off. Yeah, and you look at what Brighton's done lately, it's, it's not, they're not the tour de force that they were kind of coming out of the gate when they won four out of five, a couple big wins against United and Newcastle. Um, they did have that loss to West Ham sprinkled in there. Um, and then we all thought, wow, this team is just going to play this insane kind of back and forth cocaine ball for this entire season. They, they just toned it down, uh, which you've got to do over the course of a season. And, um, only one loss in all competitions since uh, October 26th, which is a span of over 10 games. And that was against Chelsea uh, on the road. It's just much more complete from Brighton. Yeah. And and it's just much more complete. Uh, mm-hmm. I would say like this, this is the time to get in. I, I would suggest they do have a, a match on Thursday uh, against Marseille, but uh I'm not too worried about it. I I think that this is a uh, a good spot. Uh, so yeah, I'll uh I'll back another underdog here. Yeah, Deserve's been doing a ton of rotating. The Europa League, you know, they've already advanced, but it does matter whether you win the group or not in the Europa League because uh you get that buy to the next round. If they want to go deep in that competition, that's a pretty big buy. But we like I said, we've seen Deserve rotate so much and they have enough depth even though with all the injuries that I think they'll be okay. Uh all right, let's keep uh moving along here. Bournemouth minus 200 Amazing. Mm. High flying cherries are my cherries. You guys, uh, you guys tried to tell me I was wrong about Iriola. I never yeah, doubted him. Fired, and we were like, "You gotta stay patient with this I just guy. Asked just the let him, let us, let us do, let him do his thing. Let him do his thing." And you, and uh, we were right. They just look like a great team now. There's some schedule adjusted stuff in there, but they look like a great team. And they showed that when they played even with Manchester United, a mid-table Premier League team, last week. Uh, playing even with them on XG is a sign that they're just only you know right around Man United's level nowadays. So what that means, I don't know, but it's encouraging. They might finish 12th. 10th is not out of the question, by the way. 
We'll see. But that also probably means we're at the peak of the market on Bournemouth and right. Blah, blah, so blah, and, let's yeah. uh, have that conversation now. So they're they're laying minus two hundred. They are hosting Luton Town for five to one, and and the draw is is plus three fifty. It's hard to to kind of to, especially in soccer. I think in other sports it's maybe a little easier to quantify teams just that that are scrappy. But that is the uh, that's. That's the comp- biggest compliment I would give this Luton Town team. Hmm. We saw it against City too. We, I mean, they've they've now lost back to back one goal matches against Arsenal and Man City, and and they were lucky. The the scoreline flatters them. I get that, but that's still worth something uh, to me when you are the nineteenth best team in the league. Uh, so not twentieth. No, definitely not twentieth. This not is not twentieth. Does seem like a dangerous that's, spot. That, that's, that's worth something. That's, that's just what I'm going to say. Like everything's pointing to Bournemouth here. And like yeah. you just said, Anthony, that's probably when you want to take a deep breath and consider going the other way, but I'll just pass. Yeah. I think that's probably the most pragmatic thing to do here. When, when we're all betting man United at nine to one instead, uh, mm-hmm. BJ, what do you got? I like the over. Um, I mean, the hybrid press is working now. They're Bournemouth turning people over high. They're creating all these opportunities and it's, it's great. Everything's awesome. Like we got people making videos about Ariola now. Like it's things are good on the South Coast. Um, but I think there's still some problems in transition defense here for Bournemouth. And if they're going to play a team like Luton Town that's going to send the ball long every single time, uh, there's a chance that Luton Town could could potentially get them. You know, Bournemouth saw, Bournemouth has been very average at defending uh, crosses. So. That's the the path for Luton Town is sending the ball long, playing in transition, and potentially you know getting Bournemouth that way. But man, this Bournemouth offense is—they're cooking right now. I mean, there's no other way to describe. It. Last five matches, ten point six expected goals, eight big scoring chances. Solanke's having an unbelievable season, 0.53 xG per ninety minute scoring rate. And for Luton Town, I mean, they've been so bad defensively because they're just not good in a low block setting. Like teams are just playing right through them. It just happens over and over and over again. Uh, we've seen, they've had played a lot of a tough schedule recently, so we have to, you know, kind of downplay it a little bit. But uh, over the last nine matches, they have conceded 25.3 expected goals and 19 big scoring chances. That is really, really bad. And especially facing an offense like Bournemouth, uh, I think this is going to be one-way traffic. And especially if Bournemouth scores early, it's going to open Luton Town up. It's going to make this match very back and forth. Plus, Luton Town's going to be without Marvelous Nakamba, who is their best ball-stopping midfielder. So that's another problem for them. And Kaminsky, the goalkeeper, has been, uh, let's just say, running hot uh, as a shot stopper. So That would be an um, understatement. Yeah. So I like the over. Um, over three at anything plus money. I played over two and a half. Uh, there's a minus 140 out there uh, that I played. But I, well, once the first goal goes in for Bournemouth, I really don't see a scenario how this just doesn't either snowball for Luton or they just try to throw everybody forward to try to score. Either way, I'm expecting a lot of chaos. And I actually projected 3.4 goals for this match, so I do like over 2.5. Let Bournemouth cook, baby. 14th in the league. They finished their first half of the round rob with Luton, Forest, and Fulham. Then they go to Spurs, and they have Liverpool at home after the break. So oh. uh, there's gonna they're going to take some scalps here in the second half. I mean, they, they beat Newcastle already. They beat Man United. Uh, that's it. But they're going to have chances here. They get a Liverpool at home. They get City at home. They I mean, get United at home. They might be our, favored in, in our, that game. They get Brighton at home. Like they're going to pick off somebody here. In our preseason preview, what did what did we say about them? Like they have potential to be 
Brent, Brentford, the right? best like, of the blob, right? And I think yeah. they are yeah. them and Everton. Yeah. We, I mean, we, you know, those oh, two Everton's teams, the best of the blob by far. Everton, by far, yes. Everton has graduated from that blob. They're, uh, they're, 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 they're making just, a they title just need charge. Their, they just need their second lawyers. half of the season. Yeah. Everton just needs their lawyers to do the do a good job, and they could be challenging for the title. All right, Chelsea and Sheffield United next. This one pretty easy to pass on for me. Uh, uh, the Blues are laying minus four fifty at home. Sheffield traveling as a twelve minus four fifty underdog, and uh, the I draw here. I have to bet Sheffield. I, don't, I mean, I, they're I, so I, bad. They are so bad. Okay, but. here's the thing, right? So we talked about this. This is a historically bad team, and the bottom three are historically bad. But there is a buy point on every team, and I know we joke around a lot, a lot. But, but like we, Sheffield I've, with Wilder, right? They covered. Uh, almost covered they against, against Brentford. Like they held them out. They yeah, got like to one XG. They got to one XG against Liverpool. Probably should have covered that match, you know, pushed in stoppage time if you bet them. They uh, then covered and won over the weekend at home against Brentford. And, you know, I thought the market didn't really downgrade them enough. Um, Brentford for Mbwemu, and I ended up staying away. But, like, Luton has back-to-back covers now against Arsenal and City. Burnley has been competitive. Uh, even these Brighton. Right. You know, just covered against Brighton. So all of the shit teams covered last weekend – you know, there's always a buy point. And I think if if you were looking at, like, when could that come, like, Sheffield against, you know, Chelsea in the middle of this fixture pileup. Chelsea, you know, do have a cup match coming up. Like, I don't know. The Blues, at this point in the season now, they have a even expected goal differential. And if you take out that Tottenham fluke match, their XG difference per 90 minutes in 11 on 11 this season, it's eighth best. Just like nothing special about this team, and the market has not downgraded them enough yet. Nope. Two two wins, uh, a draw, and uh, think about that performance. I will. For- it will take me so long to understand what happened to them at United. That is one They're of the not- worst performances relative to yeah. expectation. You'll we will see this entire season, and actually one of the other ones we're going to talk about in a minute when we get to City. But crazy. How bad they like were. How are they? I, I, yeah, it's just like how are they laying a goal against Brighton, and how are they favored against Everton at this current juncture? I just really don't, especially on the road. That United, yeah, on the road. And guess what? Uh, yeah, Chelsea's got. If they were Newcastle overvalued the, then. They're probably still yeah. overvalued now. Chelsea's got Newcastle coming up in the cup too. Oh, yep. It's gonna, it's gonna be wonderful. Sheffield. That's Sheffield. one of those like, bet it, don't watch the match, see what yeah. happens. Bet, bets. And you're starting to hear Pochettino make the, the claims now too. Like they need January signings. They need January signings. Like Bully tried the baseball model, right? Like, and but you don't have a farm system. You can't like put yep. the guys in the minor leagues and play them there. You could loan them out, but they didn't do that. They're all I remember hurt. a time when I know, I know, I know. I I've had some that bad guy Chelsea a nut job, and you were like, "This no, he's not. He's a he's a." Just oh, no, I, of, well, I didn't deny that he was a nut job. I was I denied he was enough of a nut job to sack Graham Potter. And he was he, he was more of a nut job than I thought. I find it uh, I find it very hilarious that they're giving out he gave out all these eight year contracts and all the players like contact their agents like get me out of here and they're like we can't like nobody's gonna take your eight year contract. It's 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 a fascinating effort that they made, but yeah, this they, they're not dysfunctional. They just not don't, good. they're just not as good as the market thinks they are. Yeah. Dip. Uh, I went. On, I went on a, a friend of the pod show last week uh, with Nick Costos, and I, and I was. He's a fan. I was like, Chelsea's price is the fourth best team in the league. Do you think they are? 
He's like, no. I'm like, then you should just bet against them every week. We're one to zero so far with after Everton beat them, <laughs> beat the hell out of them this weekend. Like, I mean, what are we supposed to do here? I don't care who they're playing. Really, I know it's tough. And you talked about like a buy point in it. And you, I guess, if you make the argument that's more a bet against Chelsea than a bet on Sheffield United, you can start to get there. But like it's Sheffield United's results have been okay relative to what they yeah. were for the first. They're still horrible. Yeah, but, but they're terrible. But yeah. But when they're catching multiple goals every yep. match, it's no, still the Premier League, I mean, man. I know. Yeah. If the, I say this, if Sheffield United gets to uh, plus two at a decent number, I will play them. We're not there yet, but if we get there, I will be there. No matter what. No matter what. All right. We'll move on to City and Palace. This one oh, as this well. Like not so, not too much. Talk about another mess. Yeah, that's just, City is minus six hundred. Palace fourteen to one on the money line and, and the draw is seven to one. I don't have much here. No, Holland it's... plays. My under bet that I already made is not great. He doesn't play. I love my under bet at three and a half. Keep tabs on him. Doku's going to miss. Grealish is back. Rodri is back. You. They said they expect Holland back Thursday in training, but they're not sure he'll make the weekend. Who knows? Uh, personally, I think they can beat him. They can beat Palace without him. I think they should probably rest him, but. You never know with Pep. He lies a lot about that stuff. Keep tabs on him. It's a huge difference in the market on how good the team is with with or without like the best striker in the league. So, yeah, yeah. And Palace is a complete mess right now. Like they have nobody available. Edward is out. That both Johnstone and Dean Henderson are out. So we got a third choice goalkeeper coming up here against the best team in the world. Who played? Uh, who played like the last ten minutes against Liverpool yeah. after they were down a man? Yeah. Yeah. Ayu, uh, Ayu, who who underrated Ayu, like yeah. does really good defensive work, really good ball progressor this year, better as a winger than a striker. Like he's going to miss because he's suspended. Decore is still out. I mean, Eze is out. Palace is a mess. Uh, Jefferson Ali- Lerma's out. They're Ty- managing Olise's minutes because they're worried about yeah. him getting hurt again. It's just a. It's a complete. This is like the easiest pass in the board. I, I don't even don't want to even like try to like muster up a bet on Palace and if Holland doesn't play, I, there's no way you can bet City. So especially at this high of a number, so uh, easiest pass. Okay, Newcastle and Fulham. All three of us looked to be in agreement here. Uh, Crazy, banged up, depleted Newcastle. This is insane. Minus Are they that depleted now? I'm, it's, no, it's they're more, not. I was, but it's okay. Yeah. So here's the thing: they might not be like on paper, but they played so many games with a depleted roster that like the. The mileage just adds up on on guys. I think it's more what it is. But, uh, but this is crazy. <laughs> no, no, I'm, not, I'm on Newcastle with you guys. Minus one twenty five yeah. as the, on the three way line. But I think that that's part of why they've looked bad and why we're catching a good number here. It's like that Everton, the Everton match. They just ended up looking gassed. I thought they looked gassed against Tottenham as well. Like, yeah, this is, I agree. This is, a, this is a team that the guys who have been in the lineup during this stretch of soccer are the same guys that have been in the lineup ev- almost every minute and it's piling up on them. Now that I, said, we get a chance to, to bet against Fulham with this team, Fulham on the road, a Fulham team none of us believe in at just at this price. It's, it, it looks like an incredible bet. Yeah. Yeah. It's the ultimate buy low, sell high, right? Yep. Oh yeah. There's two of them this week. Yeah. Here's the thing. Uh, uh, real quick on Newcastle. I was watching today. They were playing Milan in the Champions League. I had the TV sound on for Dortmund new PSG on the other TV. And I glanced and I'm like, is that Dan Byrne coming onto the pitch? Mm-hmm. They ruled him out for like two months, like yeah. five weeks ago. And he's just out there. They're like, and then I, so I'm like, all right, I got to turn the volume on. 
they're like, yeah, he broke three bones in his back like five weeks ago and he's playing. And I'm like, what? That feels impossible. <laughs> and Newcastle played really well when he was on the pitch. And yeah. I know, I know it got crazy at the end. Like they dominated the first hour. Could have been up two. We're only up one. Milan got kind of like a fluke goal. It got to one, one. And then everybody just put all their strikers on the pitch at the same time and said, one of us needs to score because if it goes one, one, we both lose. And then it just so happened that Newcastle, uh, Mignon made a crazy save off the post. And then Newcastle gave up one on, on the break with like literally Milan had four strikers on the pitch slash wingers. So I don't really read much into the fact that except for the first hour, Newcastle looked really good at home. They dominated. They closed minus 110 today against Milan. They closed minus 105 against United. Now they're closing minus 120-ish against Fulham. Dan Byrne is back. Callum Wilson is back. Uh, they clearly feed off the energy from the home crowd. I'll let you go because I do want to talk about Fulham. But like, yeah, yeah I have a bunch of stuff on Fulham here. Um, <laughs> so, Fulham, they are now the best offense in the world, right? Just back-to-back five no wins against Raul Jimenez. Raul Jimenez. Raul Jimenez, who we wrote off. I definitely definitely spawned his resurgency. He found the (laughs) fountain of youth. Him and Eddie Niketia. Oh, yeah. Dead rolling about that one. Um, So Fulham, so far, so last, not only, so not only have they scored 16 goals in their last four matches, of eight point unexpected, so obviously they've overperformed but those 16 goals have come off 47 shots. That's a 34% conversion rate on your shots. The average in the Premier League is 11%. Like that's how crazy this offensive run is for them. And if you look back, especially at their last two matches, like what was the stylistic of the teams that they played? It's passive low blocks in West Ham and Nottingham Forest. And what has Fulham really struggled with this season? It's when they have to go up in competition, and they have to potentially try to play out of the back. And they've cost them so many times. Against top half of the table teams this season, they have a minus 4.3 expected goal potential. They have not been very competitive against those. And That's not that I mean, bad. Fulham, I mean, that's really not that bad. It's really but not compared, that bad when you think about it. I mean, but they actually haven't played as many as you think. Uh, right. Against, they've, they've played a lot of bottom half of the table teams. Like uh, They're going to get a really tough uh, run in fixtures here coming up. Um, but... You know, the reality for them is that in matches where they do have to sit in a low block, where they have to concede a lot of possession, they have been decent at times, uh, but they haven't really been that great. You know, I mean, they, they in eight of their 16 matches this season, they've held under 50% possession, and they've conceded 14.4 expected goals. So essentially, the longer they have to sit in a low block, especially against good teams, that's where they run into trouble. And I get it. Newcastle's gassed. But guess what? Sean Longstaff was also on the bench too. So, like, there's – they have the ability to rotate now, Newcastle does. And I think – and I said this on Twitter, but the best possible thing that could have happened to them because of what we've seen from them recently is them getting completely knocked out of Europe and just being able to focus on the – it's going to benefit them so much, especially in this match. But this is one of the craziest lines I think I've ever seen. Like, there is no – like, I – before accounting, before accounting for injuries, and quite frankly, there's not really that many for Newcastle outside of obviously Nick Pope and Botman now. But I have Newcastle at minus two forty-five, and I don't think I'm really that wrong right now. So uh, I love them minus one fifteen. This is one of the crazier lines I've seen in a very long time. It does feel that way, right? And it's, potentially it's one, one of the, the best where betting opportunities. You you just will hear a lot of people talking about it being fishy. Uh, if if this was a 
an NFL game or something. It does feel that way a little bit. Um, I mean, we're wrong a lot on Fulham this year. Oh, yeah. They are better than I thought. But like, when you pull up their numbers, you're just like, okay, I, I did a deep dive on them today. And I was like, okay, where do they keep the ball? Because they're like league average in touches in their own penalty area, touches in the middle third, touches in the attacking third. And then their attack completely falls off a cliff, usually, in the final third. They're like bottom five there, bottom five shots. And they get nothing from their penalty area because they've been playing Jimenez. Jimenez has a great run of form, finds something. Now the attack scores a shit ton of goals. It makes me think that like if they still had Mitrovic, this would be like a league average team. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But Fulham, what are they doing out of possession? They're taking a ton of risk defensively, uh, playing a high line. Like Robinson is doing a ton of ball winning. It's kind of Everton-y in what they're doing. Not that they're necessarily the same, but uh, in terms of tackles and interceptions per 90, they're number two behind Everton right in front of Spurs. Like they've been a very aggressive defense this year. And it's been kind of surprising uh, when you look at just how much ball winning they can do. Um, but again, once you get past that, this team's vulnerable and it shows up in the numbers. Like, okay, they're allowing the seventh fewest shots per match for Fulham. That's pretty good. But then they're a 13th in non-penalty XG difference, 16th in big scoring chances. So what does that mean? Newcastle's not going to get a ton of shots. They're not a team that wants to do that anyway. They just want those few opportunities to break. And when they do, I think they exploit Fulham here. Uh, they're first in big scoring chances and first in non-penalty XG per 90. So uh, I think that this attack rolls. I love that Isak and Wilson are both healthy. Uh, and I think they win. So I think alts are good too. Yeah, but I was just about to Newcastle. say this could be a... Uh... To, to come play, back to earth moment to for Fulham play until they win again. Yeah. Uh, all right, Burnley and Everton now. This one at uh, Turf Moor, Sean Dyche return game. So make sure you bake that into the numbers. Maybe play <laughs> Sean Dyche anytime goal scorer in a revenge game narrative. Uh, Burnley plus 260 at home, Everton plus 110 on the road, and the draws plus 240. It does start, you, you do have to ask the question, we're going to be asking this one uh, probably again if, if Everton do win this game. Uh, at what point does it has it moved too much? I, and I don't think we're there yet. Um, not yet, uh, BJ. We're getting close there. You know, I had ever I have Everton at uh, plus one hundred two, so they're sitting at you know plus one ten, plus one fifteen in that range. So I'm pretty close to what the market has. I mean, the matchup sets up perfectly for them, right? Like they're going to face a team that's going to try to build out of the back. Uh, they can just either sit in whatever low defensive block they want to sit in, or they can come out and try to press them. Burnley's not good enough uh, in build-up play, so there is a real uh, opportunity here for Everton to uh, flex their muscles a little bit and play in transition and and cause a lot of problems. And I don't think Burnley is good enough offensively to to beat them. So you could definitely make a case for Everton here. Um, if this gets to plus one twenty, uh, I will play Everton. That price is good enough there because I think the matchup's good enough for them. So. Um, if it gets plus 120, I'll be there. But uh, we're getting closer and closer to the market, maybe not uh, uh, being so friendly to us on Everton. Yeah, I think you'd uh, you'd be right there. They have uh, seven wins on the season, Everton. That's the uh, same as, as Brighton and West Ham. Uh, one behind Newcastle. I think it... You're, like, what are they? I w- I'd actually be curious where you guys have them in your power rankings because... Ninth. Not, yeah, I was going to say, they're probably top top half team. I have them uh, first. Yeah, first. <laughs> I tweeted that. I said uh, I said on Thursday there might not be 10 teams better because there's not. And then I said on Sunday after they beat Chelsea that there's none better. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, actually, I have them ninth too. And then it's, the schedule is interesting for them too because we were talking about the, like the, the spot where we're going to be selling, right? Um, 
after this Burnley game, they play an EFL Cup match uh, at home against Fulham. Uh, and then that, it's and Tottenham City Wolves. Too. Yeah, it's Tottenham City and Wolves. I want to buy them against so. all those teams. <laughs> I know. It's, maybe it's, Wolves. We're going to bet against Everton again. No, I couldn't. I I couldn't it's it's not like we ever did before. Spot. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. somebody in our Discord who's like, uh, love listening to Wonder Gold. Just have to mute the parts where they talk about Everton. But hey, look, <laughs> we've been cashing tickets. Three yeah. straight wins. I think we bet them all three. I know at least one of us bet them in all three. So how about those toffee? And they covered that over for me. Over two and a half on oh, Thursday. That was, so, that was the most greatest, electric. Greatest oh, yeah. win of the... It was, it was oh. the right side, but... It was the right side, too. The way it played it was out like, was mir- miraculous. Uh, I had and people I, tweeting like, me like, oh, he's offside. I wasn't watching the match. So I'm like, shit, it's going to get called back. Was uh, Are they the... They're probably the best watch right now, too. Like, for a neutral in, of any Premier League club, because like they're they're not good enough where they're just if they played Luton Town or something they would just stomp them out and but they're also not bad enough that they're going to give them's got to be in that they're going to Premier League watchability rankings let's do that on Sunday yeah Spurs are up there (laughs) um all right Arsenal 20th yeah, well, that's no. my point. It's like it, you, you look at some. Of these I would good rather teams. watch everybody else in the prem, ex- except like maybe West Ham, uh, Arsenal, West Ham, and Palace are probably the three least interesting. Wow, you in the of league. course we got to watch Palace, man. It's, I don't it's, need to watch it's Palace. So I watched Palace to... on Sunday morning against I don't, Liverpool. Like, just put a. I just want a, a an ISO cam on on our man Roy on the side for now while he's still the manager. It's still beautiful. Yeah. Uh, Everton is right. uh, ten to one to finish in the top half for all the people out there if they want. <sighs> No. Just needs maybe chances. They, what are the chances they get the points back? That's the thing. Are we that not free rolling a ten to one? I can I be honest with you? I don't think that they'll get them back if they're not in. Like if they're they're safe from relegation, I don't think that they'll get them back. Like that because they're live if they get them back for that. I mean, that, yeah, of they, course they, they, should they be odds on. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I think so. Um, so we, when do we free roll the 10 to 1? I'm going to have to follow this closely because I think we should be ready to potentially fire on this if we get some positive news on that. Because if they were to get 10 points right now, they'd be in 10th in the league. I know. Yeah, I think I'm going to put a bunch of futures out here in a little bit because uh, uh, probably hopefully before this weekend because Newcastle's plus 250 to finish in top four, uh, which I would like to bet. So maybe I'll add Everton in there. Oh, but I need to do a deep dive into how good their loyals, lawyers actually are, Michael. So I might need your help. i uh, you're judging by the the way that this club has been run in the back room. Uh, they're probably not that good. It, so- it sounds like they were just like, for what Everton claims, it sounds like they were just like, they were over by like 9 million. And they're just like, hey, come on. That's not that bad. It's not that bad. Um, yeah. Okay. Anthony, you, you foreshadowed it earlier. And I'm assuming that this is the, the match you were talking about. A nice sell high opportunity at uh, the London Community Stadium. As Brentford hosts Villa, uh, Brentford plus 220, Aston Villa traveling at plus 110, a road favorite. The draw is plus 275. When do we like to bet Brentford? When is our favorite time to bet Brentford? <clears throat> oh, when they, are, when they are catching a team that is just rolling, a team in the top four, one of the big six, and when they're at home and when they're an underdog. This one ticks every box. Yeah. Villa's minus 115 to miss top four. I feel like this is the high watermark of the Unai train. After two home wins against City and Arsenal, and BJ talked about it, right? I mentioned this earlier. Like Chelsea United was one of the most bizarre results of the season. The market gave Villa a huge bump from beating City, but again, I mean, they beat a City team that wasn't really Manchester City. They didn't have Grealish, they didn't have Doku, they didn't have Rodri. They played two center backs in center midfield who were not great uh, in those roles, and 
it really just it was a broken team. They they had less than five shots. They didn't take one after the fifteenth minute. Credit to Villa. They took advantage. They won the match. But like I don't really want to give this team a huge upgrade because they looked more like the Villa we expect when they played Arsenal. They got the early goal and they kind of just defended for their lives. They created almost nothing the rest of the match. And Arsenal wasn't able to break them down and get the breakthrough, but they were over one XG. Like there were chances. So yeah, Villa at home, great team. Villa on the road, they don't press high, they don't win the ball. They're vulnerable on set pieces where they're the worst team in the league. And if you look at their makeup, it makes sense uh, why they'd be bad on set piece defense. Now they get Brentford, who gets Jensen back, most likely, it looks like. They're at home. I know that Mwemu's not there, but I still think this team is good enough that plus a half at home is a really, really friendly price. Um, they looked bad without Mwemu. I can't deny that, but I think they'll they'll bounce back here, and I'll take the bees at home to buzz their way to a um. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's a, it's almost a system play at this point. PJ, uh, three for three here on the bees. Yeah, I'm just I'm just gonna echo everything Anthony said. Obviously, getting Jensen back is gonna be massive for Brentford because he is their free kick taker. So that's the biggest advantage they have here. And uh, Anthony mentioned this a couple weeks ago, and I just didn't listen to him. But Road Villa is just uh, they're just not as good as as Home Villa. You know, they're essentially since Unai Emery took over. They're a minus seven expected goal differential away from home. So uh, they're also going to be without Douglas Louise, uh, which is a big loss for, for Villa because not only is he a great ball stopper, but he is the guy the who only drops ball deep. stopper. They're only ball stopper. But he's the guy who drops deep in their 3 2 5 buildup. He's the one who connects the play from the center backs and getting him the ball up to the forwards. So it's a pretty big loss for them. So uh, I'm with all you guys. Brentford plus a half, minus 129. Yeah, if you've been listening to the show um, from the start and we asked you that of these 10 matches to pick the, the team that you'd assume we this the team we, you'd assume you'd be you'd make the bet that we'd be betting uh, the safest bet. It would be Brentford in this spot. I just it's just a perfect uh, time to buy on them. Sell on Villa. Because we are obligated to do it. We'll talk West Ham and Wolves now. West Ham plus 115. Wolves plus 230, and the draw is also uh, plus 230. Uh, (laughs) I wanted West Ham to get some comeuppance at some point. I didn't want it to come via... uh, I said the exact same thing the other day. I said I was so annoyed by it. I was just waiting to fade them and pounced by... They got killed by Fulham, and now the market's like, wait, they're bad. Yeah. Now we can't bet them. Bad break for the good guys. It always uh, happens yeah. that way. Yeah. Always happens that way. So we need to be tried and true and just blind fade or blind bet teams. Uh, mm. Just blind. Who do, I, who do I want to bet Bet them? I don't care who they're playing. The, the market's wrong. No, I think the way to play this is the Wolves team totals. Uh, you know, <laughs> just replay what I usually say about this, the Wolves overs. Uh, but yeah, I mean, look, year over year, there's the biggest drop off in defensive quality in the league this year has been West Ham. And I would argue the biggest improvement in defensive quality year over year is Arsenal. Now, is there a player in the league who transferred from one of those teams to the other team that may be a direct cause as to why one team got much worse defensively and one team is much better defensively? Hmm. I don't know, Anthony. Who could that be? Yeah, I think it's Declan Rice. And like, you know, (laughs) uh, when you look at this West Ham defense, I mean, it's horrendous. Horrendous. Uh, and maybe the center backs were always this bad and Rice was just really good cover. 
maybe they got lucky and ran good for a while, but like 17th in non-penalty XG. Wolves have scored in every match this year, except one. Way back on opening day, which by the way, you know, I remember somebody tweeted me like, do we think differently about our, like, how much should we react to one match? Because Wolves just dominated Man United. And I was like, well, you know, it's one match. I mean, you know, how, how much can you really read into it? In hindsight, that one match told us a lot about those two teams and where they would be heading. But Wolves have scored in every match since. Um, their team total over one and a half for the match is intriguing to me. Their first half team total is over is intriguing to me. Maybe you just parlay them to score with uh, some other favorite you like this weekend. I think Wolves overs are good here. Neto is still questionable. That's the big X factor. But like I said, like even when he hasn't been out, they've been okay. So uh, I think them being able to play on the break here is good. And uh, they're going to be alive in this match once again, because this Hammers defense is horrendous. Okay. Uh, that wraps up the Premier League for this weekend. On to the Bundesliga. Anthony, you are the only one with a bet in Germany. Wow. BJ, no bet in Germany. It's sad. It's disappointing. Yeah. There's not, I mean, I don't want to bet Wolfsburg on the road at Darmstadt. Like, what, but it's, it's all I got. <laughs> I like Stuttgart. It's all I got. Again, we're going to bet Stuttgart again, just like we did two weeks ago, just like we did in the Pokal, just like we did against Leverkusen. Now they go to Bayern. Uh, Bayern played in third gear against United. They didn't really have a good game or bad game. They just kind of had a game that was played. Never really in doubt. But uh, I just love this Stuttgart team, and I think the market's short. I mean, like, I don't think they're that much worse than Leverkusen. Leverkusen closed, like, plus 0.75 at Bayern, match week five. Now Stuttgart is plus one and a half, minus 125. I just think it's way too short on just how good this team has been. They can play on the break. Uh, I think, you know, Bayern just kind of swatted away most of the Bundesliga this year. But Leverkusen gave them a game. Leipzig kind of gave them a game. And Stuttgart will give them a game this weekend. So I like them. Uh, plus one and a half. And Moneyline Sprinkle if you're interested. Uh, all right. In, into Italy now. And uh, BJ's the only one with a bet in Syria. Ah. Yeah. And I have, I have maybe the most exciting match of the weekend. Fiorentina and Verona. Like under two and a half goals. Plus 105. Uh, just kind of a little bit inflated when you look at what these two teams have done, both offensively. Verona is the worst offensive team in Serie A by a very, very clear margin. 0.75 non-penalty XG per 90 this season. Failed to create over one expected goal in 12 of their 15 matches. Going up against a Fiorentina defense, it's only allowing you know around one expected goal. But for Fiorentina, you know, their, their possession numbers and all of the progressive passes and dribbles is really good, but they're only averaging 1.12 non-penalty per 90. So... Uh, two teams from a non-penalty perspective that are their matches are averaging under 2.2 goals. Uh, I think the total is a little too high. So like under two and a half, plus 105. We're going to do more uh, midweek conversation about some of these other leagues. So I'm excited to mm-hmm. kind of dive deep into it because I know we kind of just quickly go through these. Uh, but BJ, just take a look at Chiro Mobile's numbers in uh, the end maybe finally coming. And that oh, is exciting. I've seen a couple. I haven't, well, I haven't looked in a couple. I weeks, watched the but, game uh, today, and it was alarming. And I looked through some box scores, and uh, <clears throat> they're playing Inter this weekend. That'll be interesting. Yeah, um, but Inter never loses, um, and they just truck everybody in Syria. So the market thinks that they're great. Oh gosh, what do we got? Oh, four, four goals off of four expected, Anthony. No, I'm he talking. Is... Well, take away the penalties, though. Oh. 
There's three penalties here, Anthony. So that means he has so one that, goal. That means, that, does that mean and he's, he's at like 0.2, not, not, 0.18 non-penalty XG per 90. Non-penalty? Oh. Yeah. Yikes. Amazing. Amazing. Okay. La Liga. Well, you have done this like two years earlier. That'd be nice. We would have saved <laughs> a lot of money. Saved me a lot of money. Yeah. Consider it a, a, a learning lesson. You, you just you paid your tuition. Uh, La Liga now. Uh, BJ, what do you got in Spain? Yeah, how about a little Friday afternoon? Osasuna, Viacano. I think Osasuna's inflated just a little bit too much here. Uh, 18th and expected goal differential in La Liga. Their offense really hasn't done much at all this season, trying to be more possession-based as opposed to being very direct like they were in years past. Only averaging 0.9 non-penalty XG per 90 minutes. We're reliant on Budimir as their only striker. Um, their best passer is injured until February. It's just not a really great spot for them. And listen, we bet South Vigo against Viacon on Monday. We got incredibly lucky to get a push on that one uh, because Viacon pumped them uh, pretty badly. And they've been pretty good defensively against uh, teams in the bottom half of the table. So uh, Viacon, Friday afternoon, plus a half, minus 130. I think I just remembered who I wanted to parlay Wolves team total over with. Yep. <laughs> Celta Vigo at home against Granada. If they don't win this match, I'm, I, uh, I might be done. I might be done. That might be it. I can't. I can't do it anymore. I mean, it's. It, I didn't even watch last Monday after the first 20 minutes because I'm like, we haven't attempted a shot yet. We're not going to get a shot. Like this is this is nil nil. I believe for the entire match. So like I think one we got two. to three. We had point but, one xg. It was. Uh, it, yeah, it was, it was a blowout. It was a blowout draw. Is what it was. Yeah, but I draw. Um, all right, well, let's go back to Monday. I'm going to take Alaves plus one on the road yes. at, <laughs> uh, at Girona. Best team in the world? Look, I, I said last week I thought the, the market was like not really giving Girona a lot of credit, but now I think as a favorite, they're very vulnerable. And BJ uh, wrote about this in our Action Network Discord. Come hang and talk soccer with us in there. Um, we can get a link. If, you know, Message me for a link or we can throw one in the show notes maybe, but... Uh, we talk soccer in there. We have some fun. Somebody mentioned, why do you fade Girona so much? They are so fraudulent in defensive numbers that they are extremely vulnerable. Alaves is the largest underperformer by XG relative to goals in the whole league. Uh, they have vastly underperformed. They have a viable attack um, through this young kid they found. And I like the first half team total. And I like the plus one here. I think they get on the board early and make this a sweat for Girona, who will probably steal it late, but should be a good match. Uh, to Ligo, BJ, what do you got? Yeah, um, if you've listened to the show long enough, um, you'll know what I'm about to do has been very courageous of me. Um, I like Marseille, minus one and a half at home against Claremont Foot at plus 120. Uh, I think they're good now. Uh, for many years, they were overperforming their XG by just like a crazy amount, and it just drove me nuts because I kept trying to fade them, and they just kept winning. But now the pendulum has just switched back the other way because. Now they're underperforming their XG, and they had a terrible start to the season, and now they're rising up the table after winning three straight matches. It's because they're not being as possession-based. They're switched to a 3-5-2 these last couple matches to play more direct, and it's really worked out. Like 4.5 expected goals against Leon and Lorient is pretty good stuff, and it really allows them to get the ball out wide, get it to the wing backs, and swing a lot of balls and NBA crosses, and they've been very good at doing that, which is a big big advantage here against Claremont Foote, who really struggles defending crosses. And the thing that worries me here is a benefit to Marseille is that Claremont Foote is obviously a very uh, transition-based team. 
but they're not very good at it. Like they're 17th and final third to box entry conversion rate. They're not getting many final third entries to begin with. So that just tells me that they're you know not that great in terms of offensive transition. They're only averaging 0.92 non-penalty per 90 minutes. So I know Marseille's coming off a, a match against Brighton on Thursday in the Europa League, which is big to see who wins the group. But I don't think Claremont, I, I think this price is a little too low on Marseille. And I have their spread projected at minus 1.5. So minus 1.5 at plus 120 is good enough for me. Yeah, I like hey. Lil plus a half uh, at home against PSG. Uh, I think it's a good matchup for Lil. They have the second highest completion rate, second highest uh, possession rate. The Fonseca, you know, Ruin Spurs almost hired him. He was at Roma before Mourinho. They have a system that works for them in the sense that they're able to play through pressure. They're able to play through presses. And against Enrique, that can make PSG a little bit uncomfortable defensively. And I think they're going to get exposed a little bit defensively here. I do expect goals in this match, but uh, at home catching a half, I think Lille might be the second best team in this league. Uh, And I'm going to bet them uh, at home catching a half against overvalued PSG at the moment. Okay, Uh, on to the underdog uh, section here. Like I said, we had a uh, a fifty seven to one ticket that looked very live. After you know, can uh, I say something that I think that's yeah, on me, course. Michael, because I was going between Stuttgart and Everton. I picked Stuttgart, and I really should have just picked Everton. I didn't do it, so that's on me. Although they did, have, well, they did have a lead, and they did look pretty good in the first half. Stuttgart did, and then you know they just packed up the bus after the yeah. sixty minutes at one one. They just played they didn't for even the draw. Try to score in the last like thirty minutes. It sucked. Well, don't worry. Uh, about <laughs> we're already that, out that kind of sweat that kind of despair we're gonna, go, we're gonna go two for three this weekend again yeah i think so okay um the one you can go first shot, you go first Anthony. four is plus 350 similar to last week with villa for me like i don't necessarily love the side but i think it's high variance and i think if forest still cares for cooper they are very live in this matchup and could have certainly upset spurs who just got a huge bump off of a win against Newcastle that I think is kind of being overvalued by the market. If they care, they're live. Same with Villa. Like, if we think Villa's real, they're live to beat Arsenal. Kind of have mixed views about that opinion after watching the game. But, like, I think it's similar in that sense. Lean into it. Forest plus 350. 9-1. to one, Manchester United at Anfield. Take it on Liverpool. This, uh, this United team is in a terrible, terrible spot, both in terms of their form, Injury issues, the toxicity at the club, Ten Hag out, everything that I look for when I want to bet a Manchester United spot. Um, I understand that this is a going to end up being a very depleted B squad, Manchester United, but it's still nine to one. Uh, there's still some talent, and there's actually, I think, a path here with United if if they can just find a way to play a, a nice firm organized take a firm organized approach to this match i think united is, is actually kind of live when everyone's going to write them off uh this that's the time you want to bet them when everybody's back on them that's the time you want to bet against them they still should have at least like a solid enough spine with amrabat uh, and mctominay evans and veron like this is it's it's fine it's it'll it's there's a reason they're nine to one now's the time to do it this liverpool team could still get got they just gave. They just. How many did they? They give up the other day. Like this is, this is, a sickening, sickening bet. But that's what the underdog parlay is all about, BJ. Yeah, and I'm gonna take a team that Anthony already mentioned. I like Alves plus five fifty on Monday. Uh, I'm just gonna echo what Anthony's already said. But Alves this season in La Liga, they've had some really bad penalty luck. They've conceded five penalties this season. 
They're number one in La Liga in non-penalty XG allowed per 90. They're only 0.91. Like, this is how impressive this team is. And the one thing that Girona struggles with is transition defense. And Alaves has the highest direct speed, and they are a like the highest percentage of their attacks coming through direct attacks. So really, it's a absolutely perfect matchup for them. And, really, and the market is way, way too high on Girona here. I mean, minus 200 against a Alaves team that's a plus 2.2 expected goal differential team. Like, this is, this is way too high. So uh, I like Alaves plus 550. It's actually 291 to 1. Uh... If you wait until closer to game time when United's 26 to 1, you might get an even <laughs> yeah, higher you number. Get a better number. <laughs> you might uh, get a better number. So, there you go. Best bets. Anthony, you and I are on the same team uh, in different forms, so you can go first. Yeah, I like Brentford plus a half, minus 125, 130 at home against Villa. Villa's road splits have been really poor since Emery took over. They don't really press. They're really bad on set pieces, which is a huge problem against Brentford. I think this is a classic sell high after the two biggest wins they're going to have all season and a buy low on Brentford after they just lost to the worst team in the league. The market responded to that huge Villa performances last week. They do also have a rest disadvantage with them playing the Europa League Thursday. So I like the bees at home. I know you do too. Yeah, I'll take the money line on Brentford plus 220. Like I said, it's a system bet at this point. Brentford at home as an underdog against a team that's red hot, that's in the top six, that is a big six club uh basically at this point uh, in this premier league so the bees baby up the bees system play do they ever let us down no bj newcastle minus 115 at home against Fulham. one of the crazier lines i've ever seen since i've been betting in the premier league newcastle's obviously having a ton of fixtures pile up against them they're having to play the same starting 11 but they are getting some guys back into their into their lineup guys like dan Byrne and sean longstaff who can actually give them the ability to rotate and the Fulham surge that we've seen offensively over the last four matches is pretty insane. They have scored 16 goals off of 8.9 expected, but those 16 goals came off of 47 shots. That is a conversion rate of around 34%. The average for the Premier League is 11%. That's how crazy this offensive run has been. And what has Fulham historically struggled with when they have had to step up in competition? It's against teams that can press them high and press them effectively. It happened against Tottenham earlier this season. It happened against Liverpool. Newcastle is one of the best pressing teams in the Premier League. They've had a couple good performances against you know West Ham and Nottingham Forest, who are passive low blocks. This is a much much more this is a much better opponent that they have to face. A much more difficult opponent who is at home, who is so good at St James Park. So I like Newcastle minus one fifteen. All right, uh, that does it for this episode of Wonder Goal. Thank you to our producer, Noah. Thank you to Bet365. Thank you, BJ and Anthony. Thank you, dear listener, for listening. Uh, please rate, review, and subscribe. And uh, when Manchester United wins and this underdog parlay hits, uh, you know where to direct all the congratulations. I'm Michael Leboff. Best of luck with all your bets this weekend. Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.